Welcome to Lead to Succeed. This is the podcast to hear from the leaders of today in various fields from entrepreneurs to corporate directors. We hear their stories, lessons learned and challenges faced, as well as insights and advice to become a successful and an inspiring leader. The podcast is presented by us, Callum and Rebecca Jenkins, as we both believe that we all have the potential to be outstanding leaders if that's what we choose. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of our Lead to Succeed podcast hosted by me, myself, Rebecca Jenkins and... Hi everyone, I'm Callum. So today we are very excited to have James Siegel of Synergy Mode as our podcast guest. And what caught my eye about um, inviting you onto this podcast, James, is that I saw on your LinkedIn profile the heading, Shaking Up the Boardroom. Now that fascinated me and led to us having a conversation and then being involved today. So James, hello, big welcome to you. Perhaps you'd just like to introduce yourself. Thank you very much, thanks for having me. Um, Yep, so I'm James, I am background in finance and and in the world of sport. Um, but about just over a year ago, I set up a business to really encourage businesses to take on board level advice, um, to challenge a lot of the perhaps negative perceptions about the boardroom, um, to educate people and advocate you should have one and help them do it and help make the world of board level advice a better place. Yeah, we had a great conversation around that and I agree with many of your, your principles there. And particularly around every SME business, every growing business would really benefit from that independent um, perspective and advice. And I think that's one of the things that you feel very strongly about. But let's get straight into the first question, James. What do you think, or do you think that there's a much of a difference between being a manager and a leader? And what, if you think there's a difference, what do you think those key differences are? And so, to me, there is a big difference between being a manager and a leader. Um, A leader is about inspiring people. You know, if your actions inspire others to do more, to be better, um, and to kind of help themselves as well as helping the company, then you're a leader. You know, if you are um, influencing them and aligning them in, in the direction of the company, then you're leading them. You know, management's more around kind of giving people instructions um, and getting the job done. But I think that can happen um, without giving that, that direction. If, if, if people are following a leader, they know inherently and instinctively what they need to do. I think um, I was listening recently to Simon Sinek and he was saying that um, you know, the reason you get managers and not leaders is because when you first become, or you, you know, you're meant to become a leader, um, you're now responsible for doing the, th- the job that you used to do, but no one's yet trained you how to be a leader. So you're like, he's basically saying the reason you get managers and not leaders is because you're now responsible for the people doing the job that you used to do, but no one's taught you actually how to be a leader. So you end up micromanaging these people because you know how to do the job better than them, but no one's really taught you, you know, what leading is. And I think it's, it, it's, a, it's a big task when people get put into those positions 
a big challenge. Um, but it's all about letting people, getting people to follow you and make it putting them first um, and inspiring them rather than kind of, I guess, some people's perception when they get into a managerial role is to be quite dictatorial and um, kind of authoritarian and say, you, you know, you've got to do this and why aren't you doing that? Um, that's not a leader. A leader, you know, people will, people will work for you and fight tooth and nail for the business and for you if you're a good leader. And there's a big difference in that. Sure, I think that's um, something that we've heard a lot of other people say similar sort of things, you know, in terms of like the inspiration side of things as a leader, James. Um, so I think that's a, it's a great point. And I was just looking at your background in terms of the, the previous roles you've had, you know, being a finance manager and a finance director and that sort of thing um, at other companies and now being a founder of your own company. Um, and do you think that was probably what the, the time when you transitioned from more of a manager to a leadership position? Or do you think there's been other times where that happened before perhaps? It's interesting, you know, I think throughout my career, I've always been thrown in the deep end, sure. um, particularly in Decathlon, where I think I was kind of co-managing a team of 15 people and I was the second youngest of the full 15. Okay. But because I was qualified or the only qualified person as an accountant out of those lot, um, that gave me a standpoint to kind of, to, and a platform to play off. And I think you just got to got to embrace it and go and throw throw yourself in there. And if you believe and, and act as one, then I certainly think that that massively massively helps because there's loads of barriers in the way. Was that the first time I felt being a leader? Yeah, probably. Um, but I'm the kind of guy that you know I, I care a lot about what I do and whatever that is, and have passion for it. And I think that's a really important characteristic for a leader. Um, some people will turn up for work because it's a job. Some people um, have different motivations. But I was always motivated to to kind of get involved and do more um, and, and challenge myself. And I think that's probably in, in Decathlon was where where I first got the taste for it. Sure. Do you think James, you're saying about like having the, the sort of self belief and kind of self confidence in yourself to be a leader, um, especially as you were one of the youngest people in that team. Do you think that was one of the main challenges that you found as a leader, trying to, um, you know, as you said earlier on, that no one's taught you how to be a leader yet. That's something you kind of got to figure out for yourself. Do you think that was one of the, the main challenges you found being in a leadership position? No, I've had loads more challenges than that. You know, that was like kind of the first taste of it, right? Yeah, and just being, you know, every day brings fresh challenges. You know, as a leader, you could say there's an element of being in agony out there. Um, dealing with everyone's problems because you've got to make them, you know, they're your team. So you're leading that team. They're the engine. Um, and if they're not working properly and smoothly and efficiently, then the business isn't going to be going anywhere. So understanding what motivates your team and really helping them to me is a good sign of, of leadership and not just kind of cracking on with what you're doing. Um, I think the biggest challenge I had was we were, it was kind of more recently, we were selling part of uh, a group company. We we're in the sales process. Um, it was quite, you know, to be kept under wraps, which is very difficult, um, especially in a, a smallish company. It wasn't that small, but, um, and I think, you know, whilst we did our best to keep it under wraps, it slowly came to light and we then had to manage expectations of lots of different stakeholders, the people that perhaps were moving to a new, to a new company that they were being bought and the people that weren't. Um, so there's a lot of uncertainty there and um, 
you know, that was probably my biggest challenge. You know, I, it was very, very stressful. Um, you know, I was working with the owner of the business to, to help that come to fruition. And at the end of the day, it didn't, it didn't happen, um, which was probably made it even harder because, because it didn't happen, we had to then go and get people back onto the fold and get people back and saying, right, you know, we were going to do this. Things didn't work out. Don't worry. Your jobs are still safe. Um, we, we did, you know, we still love you basically. Um, so it's, that, I guess that was my, my biggest challenge. What, what do you think you learned from that, James? I mean, we're really keen on this podcast to share sort of tips and ideas from your from individual personal learnings and sometimes they're very painful learnings and challenges to help other people that might be facing similar challenges themselves so what do you think were what did you get from that what did you learn from that how did you grow from that what would you pass on to other people who are kind of facing difficult times well from that specifically i'd say nothing gets missed in a business right I could have walked what well, we did. We walked, me and the owner went into meetings, came out of meetings. We didn't have to say anything for people to know what had happened. The mood was in the air, you know, that, that feeling. So, so you can't hide anything. I'm not talking about SMEs here. Um, and I think that doesn't just go for circumstances like that. That goes for anything. You know, if you um, undermine any of your staff or if things happen that aren't in line with the values of the business, everyone knows about it and i would say it's one of the biggest lessons i've learned is that you know you you have to kind of stick to your values and stick to um kind of keeping every everyone on um happy as much as you can because the reality is you know if you make one small slip up then everyone will see and the the knock-on effects are massive you know I, there was an example one time where I've seen an employee um, not get the pay rise they wanted from their line manager. The employee then went to that line manager's line manager and that was given. Now that just kind of undermines that line manager, or the, the first one, and everyone else knows about it. So what does everyone else start doing? Start making the same challenges. Or if they don't, they just feel annoyed. Um, and so knock-on implications of what you do in every day-to-day actions, even the smallest ones have such a massive impact. I I think, James, you don't realise how much scrutiny you're under as a leader um, at the time that you're in that position. And I can relate to that myself. When I was MD of a business and growing a business, it wasn't until that company was acquired by another business and I went to that company and I realized how much they all talked about the MD, every single action that MD took. And I, I was quite taken aback by that, realizing, wow, then this is, you're under scrutiny. Every, just relating to your point, every single action that you take is being... Well, absolutely. You're, you know, the, the MD, the CEO, everyone else is in there. You know, at their, at their mercy, you know, their, their decisions to go left or right have, have, have an impact on everyone else, right? Yeah. And at the end of the day, that that's affects your security for a job. So if the MD decides to go and um, want to make a crazy marketing campaign or decides to take your company international, all of those impacts, um, well, those impact you and every employee. So massive pressure. And I think they look up to those people to show them the way. Yeah. Um, I know, in, you know, my old uh, 
boss was very very inspirational you know you'd watch him if you stood stood back in our team meetings you'd listen to um his talks people would would, would be on the edge of the you know on the seats listening to every, every word he was saying because they cared and you could see the power and, and of that um and you know after that meeting and you know in between that one that meeting and the next one you knew that that person that leader was um doing the right thing you know and he he cared and he was pushing and i think it's so important for everyone um you know you don't it's it's not just another colleague they're, they're steering the ship right yeah but I, I i also think some of those smaller nuances are important did the md smile when they walked into the office what mood are they in you know it's all of those kind of unwritten unspoken things that people are looking out for as well you know, when somebody leaves their office after a meeting, did they smile? I mean, are you related to that? But it's, it's, it's often those unspoken things that people are looking for. It's those signals, isn't it, that people are on the watch out, the team are watching out for. You know, I could say that part of your job as a leader is to shield your team from the, the negativity and the tough times. Yeah. But we're all human, right? You, you can show emotion as a leader. And sometimes, it, you know, if you're hurting as a leader and other people see that, they can see that you, you are human and it's real. You can't be the superhuman that, that doesn't get hurt, that doesn't suffer. You know, and you know, on the, on the other hand, sometimes people can take it out on their staff, on their team members inappropriately. Um, and I think everyone's guilty of that. You know, everyone, you can't control your, your chimp, as they say, um, or as that book says, um, all the time. Paradox. So, yeah, it, it's it's a battle, right? It's an ongoing battle. Um, and after you've uh, kind of, you know, when when you can control it, it's great. If you can't, you were like, oh, you know, you, you wish you did. Um, <laughs> but it, it, you know, I think it's a it's a limited resource. Like the energy you have to put into being a good leader, you know, and it's a lot of energy. It's not something that um, you have completely naturally. You have to work at it. You have to control your emotions, your actions, and think probably two or three steps ahead um, so that you don't mess up. Because it's, as we said, the subtlest things can make a massive difference. James, you were saying about the manager that you used to work for, you said you found really inspiring and you could tell other people were like really listening exactly to what you were saying. Were there particular traits or qualities that they exhibited? Do you think you kind of picked up on yourself and you sort of, exhibit now yourself running your own company well it, it starts from passion right when you're so passionate about something you you can talk freely on it um and the energy and enthusiasm that you communicate you know it's like osmosis everyone else kind of has that as well um so you know what i took from him was you know, really ha having the belief and but having the confidence to go and do that. You know, before public speaking, it was one of my my biggest weaknesses. Uh, put myself on a training course. One of the first things I did when I set up my company, I realised the importance of that. Now, it's not 100% required to to um, to be good at that to be a leader, but I think it really helps. Um, you know, and you've got to stand up there and. Um, inspire people and you can't do that from behind your computer i mean some people can if they send an email out or whatever but it's the person that's there and i remember one time in the, one of those team meetings i had to take over 
the, the CEO wasn't there. That was kind of my first time in this company where I felt like, oh, actually, everyone's looking to me now for the answers. You know, I led the session as, as, you would, as we would normally run it, um, going over those same areas and just giving the viewpoint of the company. Um, and, my, and my viewpoint, you know, coinciding with that. And, and it was great. It was empowering, kind of a, a little nerve wracking at first. But um, you're, what people look at you as is the spokesman for their, their jobs, right? Whatever the words, the next sentence that could come out of my mouth can impact their job. Just because I'm saying it, and what the studio is saying, it doesn't mean they don't believe, believe me, you know, it's not any less important. So, yeah, I think um, really took a lot from, from him. And, you know, even at times, and he, he won't mind me saying this, I don't even think some of the things perhaps may not have even been true, but he believed them to be true because he was so passionate about them. You know, over-exaggerate sometimes. So we've got seven leads and not five. It didn't, didn't really matter. I, I was the, the finance guy, I knew what was true, but it, it didn't matter that the aim of it was to actually inspire and, and it really wasn't inspiring. It's, it's interesting how you've, you've talked about, you recognise the need to do some public speaking training. Have there been any other areas of your business where you, or of you, where you've thought professional development is important? Is that something that's an ongoing area for you? Absolutely. Think, would you recommend it for leaders going forward? Absolutely. Uh, you know, to the thing we first started about, right? You know, being going from a manager to a leader is they're very different things. And one of the best lessons I ever learned that stuck with me throughout my career was in Decathlon. And Decathlon, I guess for those that don't know, well, at the time had about 60,000 employees. Um, really, really big company. And it had its own university in France. Um, so I spent some time there on a course. Um, and one of the things we learned, I mean, just this one simple lesson, which was um, that every employee is there to perform. It's the reason you're hired is to perform. And the performance equals skill, which you can buy, or, you know, you can hire someone that's skilled or you can train skill, and give them lessons in, in whatever they need to learn. But it, it's the skill times by um, comp, um, motivation. And so if you have a really highly skilled person that's highly motivated, they are really going to perform. If you have a highly skilled person that's not motivated, they are not going to perform. And so it, for me, the skill part was less important because it's something you can fix. But the motivation, the motivation is so key. Knowing what each of your employees' motivators are is really important. And the fact that everyone's motivators are different is even more important. Um, so... You know, you think, right, I'm going into that, I'm going to leave, and I will or, or manage, whatever you want to, you know, how you, you're thinking it when you're walking in that day. And you, you, you think that, right, everyone's motivated by money or by challenge, but they're not. So you can't just have a blanket approach or a blanket strategy to everyone. You have to really look and take the time to understand each person. Now, in Decathlon, we were quite specific about that. We had monthly appraisals which isn't that realistic in some other, in other areas, but we really got under the skin of people and really understood their motivation. So that massively about personal development and that stuck with me. I always um, use it pretty much everything I do because people have different motivators and, you know, I'm motivated by X and you have to understand why people make do what they do. 
you know, if someone wants to go home or leave work at 5.30 every day to see their kids, that's more and more, more important to them than, you know, having a successful uh, working all the way through and, and doubling the speed at which they can progress their career, maybe. I'm not saying that's the only way to do it, but yeah. you, know, you have to understand how people's motivations. I think that's a really good point, James, about, you know, being under, understanding the different uh, factors that motivate different people. And if you're going to give three pieces of advice to people that might be listening to this podcast, and one, perhaps one of which is understanding what motivates your employees, would you have two other key pieces of advice to pass on? I'd say, well, okay, if, if, if the motivation point was done, when I would say that's the equivalent of putting yourself in their shoes before we do anything. I'd say don't undermine anyone, you know, don't, and that, that's really, you know, that's the end result. It's the small actions that matter. So if you think that that might undermine someone, don't do that because they won't be happy with you. And if you think back to my motivation thing, they will be demotivated. They won't then be able to perform. And if, every, and if there's a knock on effect on that and everyone else is demotivated, then no one's performing. So it's the smallest thing that can have a knock-on impact and ruin pretty much everything. So it's, and for me, the undermining thing is, is key because it's the culture piece um, that can have an impact. I think that the, the final one I would say is, if you're leading, take the time to really understand your employees, get to know them. Um, you need to earn their respect. Um, and you're never going to do that from afar. You're never going to do that informally. So get up from your desk, walk around every day, go and say hello to them, have a chat with them, learn a bit about what they do in their personal lives, even if they're not in your team. But if you're going to be leading these people down the line, they need to know, number one, you care, but also you, you need to know a bit about them and you can't really successfully do that just from your desk. I utterly and completely agree with that, James, and it doesn't take much to do that. It doesn't take much to show an interest, and it starts to build trust. It builds a relationship. It shows that you're interested in them. I, I agree with you completely, a, a very, very pertinent point to make, I think. Um, how do you, when, when you, you, you've talked about not undermining, but sometimes as a leader, we get so busy, we don't take the time to just reflect on what was it we did today that might have undermined somebody? Because sometimes I, can, I find leaders, I think probably include this in myself, only for me, you say something and it's been taken the wrong way, but you didn't mean it to come across like that. And it's not until you kind of self-reflect at the end of the day and you might think, oh, yes, that person might have taken that the wrong way. And then go back to them the following day and say, I hope you didn't take this the wrong way. Uh, the importance of self-reflection of your own actions. It's a huge part of my business today. You know, we advocate you have an advisor, not just for the experience they can bring from an expertise point of view, but for someone to talk to. You know, being a leader as a CEO, and I don't mean, you know, if you... Uh, you can be a leader if you're not the CEO. A leader is your actions. Yeah. And, uh, you could be a leader in middle management. You could be a leader on the shop floor. Yeah. You, you know, you, just because you're CEO, um, we focus on CEOs because we think they're very isolated and, and lone, it's a lonely place. No one to help you make decisions. Um, you have very little time to self, for self-reflection. 
and I, and because your mind's always going about the business, um, your meetings have been booked in 100 miles an hour. Um, you're it, 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 it's a whirlwind, right? So we advocate you that you have that person to talk to that that you have the time in your diary to reflect. Um, you know, we're even running an event on it next next month called Me Time. Um, you know, and working out what different CEOs do because there isn't a right answer. You know, some people um, really would would happily take a day off, um, go for you know, walk in the countryside, start to think about things deeply. Other people would rather do half an hour a day, sat by their desk, you know. So I think it's massively important, um, but I think it's quite hard to do, especially if you are, you know, business leaders have tunnel vision. There's so many biases that surround them. Um, it's hard to see what's, what's actually happening, what you've done. You often believe you're right almost all the time. And it, that's why we're advocating someone that isn't in your business to say, no, <laughs> you know, why did you do that? That doesn't make sense. Because, you know, you could say, right, um, you know, you could create a policy or reject the policy that everyone wants. You know, maybe your, your, your head of HR said, right, we're going to um, let everyone's holiday days, uh, they can now roll over three days before they can roll over any days. And you go, no, I don't like that. You know, and you just immediately made a decision as a leader, that's it. You know, who's going to reflect on that? Are you, are you going to come to the conclusion yourself that that was the wrong decision? No, you think you're right. But if you have someone external to say to you, well, hey, um, what's the downside of that? Why, what are you scared of? But can you really self-reflect adequately? I'm not sure. And, you know, some people can, but we certainly advocate that you should have someone to help you do that. I think that's a really good point. I think having a sounding board whether that's you know, some advisors or even just someone who you trust close to you, I think is a really useful thing to have, isn't it, when you're running your business? Um, just someone you can bounce ideas off of. I find it useful in my own sort of um, career and in my own business, whether that's mum or other mentors that I've had, um, who I've classed as, a, kind of a, as, a, as an advisor, just someone who can really help you make decisions of, of where you want to go moving forward. Um, so I can really relate to what you're saying there, James. Um, but just to wrap up, James, as a leader, is there anything in particular that sort of stands out to you as your proudest moment or something you feel like is your greatest achievement in that field? Whether that's, you know, previously as a finance director at various different companies or in running your own business, is there any one thing that sort of really stands out for you? It's a tough one. Um, I'd say when I walked into to Benchmark, which is my last place where I was employed as a finance director, um, I was still young, you know, I was still jumping into uh, the deep end and the senior management team there had all been there probably each five years. So they hadn't had, I guess, external challenge before, you know, all that recently anyway. And when I came in there asking questions of why are you doing it this way? You know, why, why are we doing that and why are we doing this? They must have thought, who, who the hell is this kid coming in? Um, you know, a bit like a bull in the china shop, asking us and challenging us, you know, this is what we know, this is what we what it works, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, because I again was much younger, I won't say much, maybe a good few years younger than, than the rest. Um, but I persevered and I pushed through because I cared and I, about the passion and the care of being a leader because I felt that the growth of that company was the growth of me, and that's how I would be measured. So I didn't want to just go, okay, you know, you're right. 
I'll accept your challenge and just kind of be quiet. To me, a good leader is helping get people and inspire people to, to where you think the, the company should be. And after a few months, they were all on the same page. They saw the benefits of what the suggestions I was making. And it wasn't the suggestion that my suggestions were right. I was just asking them to think a different way. But I was brave enough to speak up and I was brave enough to, to persist um, because I care. And I think, you know, was I a leader when I walked in there? No, I was just completely new. But it certainly stood me in, 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 a, in, great, in a great standing point to actually to progress. And really, when I left that place, um, you know, it, it was, you know, I still miss it today, basically. You know, it was a great relationship built up there um, because we achieved something. We, we really grew the business and it made a big difference. Oh, I, lo I love the phrase that you use there about you being bold. And I think it would be great from these podcasts if it encouraged people to be bold and to, to be fearless, to make things better and not just to sit behind a desk or behind a computer, but actually challenge, be bold. I think stand up as well when it's challenging. Yeah. To do is like a key point, isn't it? Yeah. I think people really, really can become too comfortable, you know, everyone accepts that you've got the Monday to Friday, that's the working week and it's the nine to the five and all of that stuff. You can do what you want. You can go way over the top. Yeah. You can think differently, think outside the box. And if you do, that you will see the benefits. You know, as I said, you can be a leader without having the title. Leadership's nothing about title. It's about the actions that you do and how you inspire others and how that, that what you do rubs off on everyone else. And I just genuinely think that um you can wake up one morning go into the office and, and become a leader if you want to be that's it that's yeah. uh, again so very mind, pertinent yeah very true would you just like to as we close james would you just like to share something about what you're doing for the future big project your business you mentioned your book you've got coming up so um we Obviously, we're helping, um, we want to encourage as many businesses um, as we can to take on board level advice for a lot of the reasons we've just said just now. Um, but how we're going about that is helping advisors share their insights, sharing stories, sharing their experience. Because the reason is most CEOs don't actually know they need help. And we talked about it in, in being, you know, self, self taking time to reflect, but probably don't think they have any problems. So we are help getting advisors to share their success stories of how they can help businesses and, they, and how they can add value. Um, so yeah, we're working really hard on that. We're taking on loads of new advisors um, and really kind of allowing them to uh, share their stories in a really authentic way. Um, so yeah, that, that, that's, that's what we're working on at the moment. And we have an event coming up at the end of the, um, or the middle of next month on Me Time, which is a CEO roundtable. Um, and that's where CEOs share and realise that they've got the same problems no matter what company they're in or what industry they're in. Same problems around the table and this time it's around, uh, you know, what is the personal development plan for a leader? Is that something that um, people can get access to on our link, James? Can we, can we, put, should we put a link to that? Yeah, yeah, so on our website, on the events page, you'll see um, you can book a... Um, uh, Book, book tickets there, it's free. It's free to attend CEOs um, and it's yeah, synergymode.com. 
we run um, loads of um, events. Um, our main kind of event format is a CEO roundtable. Typically, we have one a month, and um, they're on our website, synergymode.com. You can book a ticket, they're free at the moment. Um, and so, yeah, it'd be great to have um, some CEOs there willing to share their, their stories and their experiences within their companies today. Right, that sounds, that sounds really good. And we'll make sure there's a link to that in the podcast description. And I think it just leaves us both to say now, thank you very much indeed, James, for your insights. Yeah, thank you very much for saying, James. I think it's been a really interesting podcast and yeah, I've loved a lot of the stuff you said, especially about like the self-belief of the leadership. And I think for me, what really resonated with me the most was leadership isn't about your title, it's about your actions. I think that was a really key point that you said there at the end. I really like that. So yeah, a big thank you for me. We might even use that as... We might even use that as a title for the podcast. Perfect. Uh, well, it was a pleasure being on it. Uh, really enjoyed it. Um, and yeah, look forward to, uh, to watching it when it's finished. Thank you very yeah. much, James. Thanks, James. Great. See ya.